will Christians in America be persecuted for decades, perhaps centuries here in America? We have had the teaching that the church will be snatched out, raptured out of the earth before the great tribulation. And this is mostly an American sentiment in regards to God will not allow his church, his bride to be beaten. But what about all the other Christians throughout the world that have been going through persecution for centuries, even millennia up to this point? One of the things that I noticed once the pandemic hit is the tone and the content of people's preaching when it came to Christian persecution, especially here in America, and that the content began to change for those who were trying to stay faithful to God as they started entertaining more and more the reality of potential Christian persecution here in America. Now, if this is the first time we're meeting, my name is Chris, and this is Foundation Bible Studies, where I seek to help connect you with your creator in Jesus Christ, both informationally and experientially, so that way you can fulfill the purpose that you were created for. Now, you could go back and you can look at my kind of visual testimony breakdown if you're watching on youtube you can see that as soon as you hit my channel if you want to kind of get a background for who i am and one of these days i'm going to do a, a legit full uh testimony breakdown i just want to shape it and sculpt it to where it's most impactful and 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 significant for you the viewer and or the listener if i'm able to have a good solid audio version on the podcast version audio version of this but as we talk about Christian persecution, there were two articles I came across as well as something interesting that came up uh, as we gathered together as the church that I am a part of. I helped facilitate our Monday night prayer. And there was something that one of the sisters shared in regards to uh, persecution and a word that was shared, foretold or prophesied, uh, spoken under the guidance of the spirit of the Lord Jesus. And it was very chilling in a lot of ways, very sobering, and it's something to get our sights refocused and to to allow the realities of what's going on to set in. And so we're going to get into these articles. And as we get into these articles, we'll read through them. I will post them in the descriptions of the video and audio formats of the podcast. And uh, that way you can go back and you can read it for yourself. And let's jump into the content. The first one is from Harbinger's Daily. Like I said, I will link this in the descriptions of the video podcast on the audio version as well. And the author is Ken Ham. Ken Ham, he uh, created the ARC experience. Um, very respected. He is a doctor within his field. Um, and he, he, he works to bring... Uh, God's worldview of creation to the world, and he he debates uh, people like Bill Nye, um, and he is very scientifically based. He just comes from God's worldview, God's perspective, and so uh, this was written uh, on April first, actually. And so this says U.S. Department of Education plans to rescind or take away protections for Christian groups. And so uh, he says, what would happen to a Christian group or ministry that can't have Christian leadership or employ Christians? Well, it would be a it would very quickly cease to be 
Christian. When you start watering down juice, uh, you you got legit lemonade and you start watering it down or you just add ice and you let the ice melt. It starts to water down the juice. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like a whole bunch of ice in my drinks. I usually don't get ice in my drinks because it starts to water it down. And so he says uh, it would very quickly cease to be Christian. And that's what will happen to Christian groups on college campuses if the U.S. Department of Education does indeed do what it's trying to do, rescind or remove regulations which protect religious organizations on public college and university campuses, which I'm going to comment in on a moment. What the U.S. Department of Education is trying to do is roll back protections that allow Christian and other religious groups on campuses to require their leaders to agree with their statement of faith. Of course, we all know this has to do with a specific community. Uh, this, if I say it, they'll they'll try to ban the video. It has to do with a, a sexual orientation identification community. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And abortion issues. That might get my video flagged too. They don't want Christians to be able to have group leaders who hold Christian beliefs, such as marriage is between one man and one woman, gender is male and female, and abortion is murder. They know if Christian groups can't have truly Christian leaders, they will eventually cease to be Christian. And this is true. And of course, we know the secular groups won't have their leaders to be born again Christians, which is absolutely true. You're not going to put a born-again Christian in the place of leadership for a uh, non-religious organization because then the Christian is going to start trying to run the organization according to godly principles. Yes, there is an increasingly insidious attack on Christians here in America. We need to pray for this nation and also be prepared to stand for Christ no matter the consequences. And so that's just the first article. Like I said, I will link this down below. And like Dr. Ham says, uh, we need to be willing to stand for the Lord no matter what. Now, when it comes to this, you need to make sure that you are spirit filled, because if we are not spirit filled, we're not going to have the strength from the inside, from Jesus on the inside, strengthening us the way uh, he desires to strengthen us. And we can see this time and time again throughout the Bible. We can see the disciples before they were spirit filled. And then we can see the disciples after they were spirit filled. Before they were spirit filled, uh, they were caving in. They were denying the Lord. Um, they were running away during persecution. But after they were spirit filled, they were standing up. They were taking the beating. They were speaking under the anointing or the supernatural inspiration and presence of the Lord Jesus. We have to, and uh, we, we, you want to be spirit-filled. You can check out my video. I'll link it down below. What does it mean to be born again of the spirit? And you want to make sure that is because that's a provision that the Lord has made for each and every one of us. He says that he is going to pour out his spirit upon all of humanity and that it is for it was for that first generation, it was for their children, and it was for as many as the Lord God would call. Uh, for all those of us who are far off that weren't even born yet, weren't, weren't 
even in the inkling of anybody's eye except for God's and in their mind. And so that's one article I wanted to get to. There's another article I wanted to get to um, from the Christian Post, and it says why Christians should be prepared for persecution. And it says not a day passes without reports of persecution against Christians happening on a global scale. In my country, Nigeria, Christians are killed on a daily basis. Now, I wanna, I'm going to come back to this point because I'm going to talk about where American Christians, how we have had like this Cinderella uh, mindset and interpretation when it comes to the persecution of the church in contrast to what the Lord Jesus has shown us through the scriptures themselves and how we need to reassess our interpretation and understanding of Christian persecution for the church, especially the American church. It says the government is actively aiding and abetting the persecutors. Sadly, this is a global phenomenon, and it looks like there is nothing anyone can do to avert it. Jesus warned us that persecution is inevitable, but we have decided to ignore this warning at our own peril. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. John, the gospel of John uh, chapter 15, verse 20. Many of us do not embrace the reality of the Christian faith, do not want to embrace the reality of the Christian faith, Many have decided to pick Jesus's words of blessing, miracles, signs, wonders, and throw away his hard sayings. I strongly believe that persecution is an integral part of Christianity, and there is nothing anyone can do to remove it. And that's what we largely have done here in America. We have said, um, and I'm going to get to the portions of scripture because I'm going to confront this head on. Uh, I'm not going to pull any punches. I, I don't have the the place to pull punches. It's not my word. It's God's word. And we have to face it head on, whether we like what it says or not. Uh, the doctor, a good doctor is not going to tell us what we want to hear. A good, a good doctor is going to tell us what we need to hear in order that we know what our options are and how we can prepare for the future. It is obvious that many preachers and Christians who want to escape persecution have developed another gospel and faith that promotes bodily comforts and discard the doctrine of Christian suffering completely. This is not the Christianity that Christ handed over to his disciples. Lack of preparedness for persecution on the side of Christians is responsible for our inability to reach the world with the gospel and the love of Christ. We are now selecting where to go and where not to go, even when the command of Christ is that we all that we go into all the world and spread the good news about his kingdom. The gospel of comfort and prosperity that are preached in our churches today does not allow us to embrace risk and face persecution. This is unacceptable. And so I'm going to stop right there on that article. You can read the rest. I'm going to link it down below. But um, this is absolutely true. This is uh, the Christianity that I walked into as the Lord was bringing me into the church. Uh, it was a Christianity that said the church was going to be 
snatched out of the world and that uh and the question was the the hypothetical question was why would god uh, allow his bride to be beaten but that comes from an american cinderella complex because christians have been beaten from the beginning of the church the jews were beaten and persecuted before the church came into being and so the believers and those devoted to the one true god have always suffered persecution for his name's sake and especially once the the church comes into being which is made up of both jews and gentiles so we're going to look and see what the lord has told us what he has done and what he told his disciples and all the way down to us what we can expect being his disciples and waiting for his return and for him to establish his physical kingdom on this planet so this is the gospel matthew's gospel in chapter 10 and this is jesus sending out his 12 disciples extending his ministry through his 12 disciples and i'm giving context for a very specific reason and starting in verse 16 it says look i'm sending you out like sheep among wolves and therefore be as shrewd as serpents and harmless and as harmless as doves because people will hand you over to Sanhedrin's councils, uh, religious councils, political councils, and flog you in their synagogues. Beware of them. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the nations. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you should speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because you are not speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. And so Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you are going to be delivered up to different types of councils. You're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. But he says, don't worry about that. All you got to do is depend through prayer, depend on what God is going to give you, depend on what the Father, the Father is the Spirit that lived in Jesus. He, Jesus says, he says, the father lives abides in me the gospel of john chapter 14 and so he says don't worry about what you're going to say at that at that time you got to speak up on behalf of the kingdom that the father is going to give you what to speak the spirit of your father is speaking through you but let's continue on this is what else let's see what else he says jumping down uh to verse 21 to 25 in the same chapter he says uh Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will even rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be delivered. The one who endures to the end will be delivered. When they persecute you in one town, escape to another. Many times, uh, you know, we, we want to take a stand and we want to fight and we want to uh, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, when they persecute you in one town, escape to another. For I assure you, you will not have covered the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, here's an important point. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is, it is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master main point when it comes to these these two verses if they called the head of the house beelzebub 
Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. If they said that Jesus was the devil, how much more those of us who are reborn or born again of water and spirit into his family? How much more? If they called the head of the house Beelzebul or Beelzebub in some translations, how much more the members of his household? And so even when Jesus was on the earth with his disciples, with those first century disciples, he told them they needed to expect persecution. He didn't sugarcoat. He didn't say, don't worry about it. He said, no, go out there. They're not going to like you. They don't like me. They're not going to like you. Expect it. But this is what you need to do. When they persecute you, flee to the next place. And when they do bring you before councils and different things, courts, whatever, he says, don't don't try to come up with some great argument. He says, the spirit of the father, the spirit of God is going to give you the word to speak in that hour. The spirit that dwells in us when we when we have received the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about the end times, Matthew chapter 24, and this is where I'm going to kind of get straight to what we have been historically taught when it comes to the end times and persecution. Like I said, in 20, once 2020 hit, the pandemic hit, it was like I started hearing the content of things change. And I was sharing this earlier tonight with those uh, who, who gather together for prayer. Uh, We have, me and my wife have the opportunity to help facilitate our Monday night prayer. And I was just sharing this uh, with them. And I said, this is just me. But I was like, ever since, ever since the Lord saved me and I, and I heard about the the teaching of the, the church being raptured out before the tribulation and, and why would God beat his bride? Well, one, we forget the, the, the instruction and the information that Jesus says, he says, or and the apostles that if we will suffer with him, mm, who's beating the bride? If the bride will suffer with him, we will also reign with him. And so we're going to get into some other points, but that's 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 scripture. Uh, if you want to know what scripture that is, I'll find it. Ask me. I'll leave it in the comments, or I'll I'll look it up. Leave it in the comments. Pin it in the comments. And so we are told if we will suffer with him, persecution somebody's beating the bride, it is not God, then we will also reign with him. If the bride gets mistreated, when you look at the book of Revelation, guess what's happening to those who mistreat the bride? The wrath of God is poured out on those who mistreat his bride. Just as they mistreated the bridegroom, the husband, the the fiance, when he comes back for his bride, those who persecuted and mistreated the bride, they're going to get it. And, I, and, and it's heartbreaking because so many of us are, we're too prideful to humble ourselves. We won't turn to the Lord or we're too scared to, to humble ourselves and to turn to the Lord because we're afraid of how people are going to treat us. I get it. I totally understand. It is, especially with so much societal pressure nowadays. I totally get it, but you got to find somewhere to go. You got to find somewhere to run to. You got to find a way. Jesus will give you the strength. He will give you the desire. He will surround you with people that will be a comfort and 
and a stronghold for you as you get your strength as he helps you to strengthen you from the inside out. Don't allow the pressure of society to put you and to keep you in its mold. That is one of the worst places you can be, especially right now. And so let's continue on in Matthew chapter 24. This is one of the big prophecy chapters within the Bible, uh, especially end times prophecy. And so we need to shift our perspective on this chapter, especially in light of the things that we are seeing taking place and that we are living through. So let's kind of go through this. It says Matthew 24, verse one, it says, as Jesus left and he was going out of the temple complex, look up the uh, second Jewish holy temple. It is a beautiful thing, beautiful edifice. His disciples came up and called his attention to the temple buildings. Then he replied to them, don't you see these things? I assure you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? An age is a time period. So, you know, we talk about our age, zero months to one year old. That's, that's how old we are. That's our age. And then from one to two, two to three, and so on and so forth. And so there is the end of a time period that is coming. And they want to know what is the end of the time period where mankind is allowed to run the world uh, under Satan's rule. Unknown to many of us, uh, when is the end of that time period coming? Dropping down to verse 4, it says, Then Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Deception is going to be rampant. Deception is rampant in our time and is only going to get worse. Make sure that you are not that you are not deceiving yourself. You are not just going along with the crowds. Seek God, pursue God, allow him to connect you to the people and the church he wants you to be a part of because it's the church collectively that's going to make it. It's the church collectively that's going to be there for one another. And we, we individually and together make up the church, but individuals, unless, uh, unless for whatever reason we get separated uh, we're not going to make it on our own. We're going to make it together. It's the church that makes it together, not a not a whole bunch of worldwide individuals in that regard. We're a community, and we need to be that, a born-again, a water-and-spirit community. So verse 4, he says, Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. There's Jesus' uh, comfort to us. See that you are not alarmed. This is why he's telling us these things, so that way we'll know. Because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. They're going to take place. He's saying they're going to take place no matter what. But he says, don't be alarmed. For nation will rise up against nation. So nations are going to be fighting against one another. And really, that's ethnos against ethnos, ethnicity against ethnicity. I've talked about that in the past. Uh, we see this racial division, especially here in America, and how, how much has been intensified, especially since 2020. And kingdom against kingdom, that's more of your one nation against the other nation in the original Greek. Basilius versus Basilius. There will be famines, 
and earthquakes in various places. Some uh, translations put pestilence or diseases in there as well. All these events are the beginning of birth pains. Luke chapter 21, uh, Jesus talks about diseases, pandemics, epidemics being in there. But Jesus says in verse 8, all these events are the beginning of birth pains. They are the beginning of contractions. Verse 9, it says, then they will hand you over for persecution. What? They're going to hand you over for persecution? And they will kill you? Who is he talking to? He's not. He didn't say then they're going to kill them, the Jews. He didn't say then they're going to kill the unbelieving Jews. No, he's still talking to the disciples right here. He says, then they will hand you over. He's talking to Peter, James, John, Matthew, Bartholomew, Thomas. Well, Judas, of course, unfortunately hung himself after he betrayed the Lord. But he's talking to the 12 here. He's not talking to the Pharisees. He's not talking to the Sadducees. He's not talking to the unbelieving Jews. You can read in places like uh, the Gospel of John where he addresses unbelieving uh, Jewish individuals and Jewish groups. He's not talking to them here. He's talking to the disciples, his disciples here. He says, verse 10 again, Then many will take offense, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, because lawlessness will multiply. Lawlessness is multiplying. So sad and so greatly, so frustrating. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. The one who endures to the end will be delivered, will be saved, will be delivered from the judgment that is coming upon those who remain in wickedness. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And so we see just in these two portions we see that Jesus talks about persecution. We see that Jesus talks about the devout Christians being persecuted for his name's sake, for because of his name. And it's when we talk about for the sake of something, it's for the benefit of something, which is absolutely weird to think that persecution is for the benefit of something. But it really is because it's in persecution that our faith and trust is purified are we're driven all the more into prayer and devotion it is in it is through persecution that people can see the sincerity of your faith people can't see the sincerity of your faith when you're blessed and highly favored with all the material blessings but they will see the sincerity of your faith when they're mistreating you they will see the sincerity of your faith when they're uh, talking down about you when they're scandalizing your name when they're slandering your name, they will see your, the sincerity of your faith when you are blessing those who curse you, when you are praying for those who spitefully use and abuse you and persecute you. That's when it's for the benefit of the name of the Lord. Because when they see what you are doing and they see how you're not reacting and not responding, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me, Lord Jesus. When they see that, then some people are going to say, wow, hey, they're legit. Man, bro, they're legit. They, they're the real deal. I was treating them all types of ways, and they still treated me like a human. 
They didn't revile me back. They didn't slander me back. They didn't try to sabotage me back. That's when they're going to, that's when it's for the benefit of the name of the Lord and for the benefit of the kingdom. Because as they turn to the Lord, as they repent from their sins, as they turn away from their sins, that soul is benefited. The kingdom is benefited because now it has had another soul, another person turn to the Lord that will not only get to experience heaven if they if they pass before the Lord returns, but that will inherit the kingdom of God. And check out my video on the kingdom of God. I'll link that down below. Check it out. The Lord has great promises for us, not just heaven, not just an endless worship session, but for those who are born again of the water and spirit and endure to the end, Jesus is entrusting the whole world to us. That's why he says in the gospel of Luke, he says to those he gives different talents to and he comes back and they've multiplied the talents. He says, he tells the one who had five talents and multiplied it and increased to 10. He says, you be over 10 cities. Over 10 cities? Wait, I thought it was just about heaven, Jesus. No, bro. You didn't read the scriptures and your teachers didn't teach you right. Go back and check out Daniel chapter 7. Like I said, check out my video on the kingdom of God and I break it down for you. In there, it says that God entrusts the kingdom to the saints and that he takes over the whole world and he entrusts the world, his kingdom to the saints. He is ruling as king of kings and lord of lords. But there's so many cities and towns throughout the world that are repopulated. And I'm going to get into some of those videos. Let me know if that's a video you would like to see or a lesson or information you would like to know. And I'll try to get to it sooner than later. But he talks about how he entrusts the kingdom to the saints. So the one who increased the talent from five to ten is given ten cities. Check it out. Check out Luke, the gospel of Luke. See there, I want to say Luke chapter 21. And then the one who increases theirs from, I think, three to six talents, they're appointed for six cities. And then the one who hid his talent, he gets nothing because he didn't invest for the kingdom. He didn't work for the kingdom. He hid his talent and he is judged along with the wicked because he, he, he hid his light. He put the, the basket over his light and didn't want nobody to know he was a Christian. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Let's jump back into this, to this persecution stuff, because I need you to know this goes, this goes beyond our preconceived and, and traditional teachings. This goes way farther. In Acts chapter 14, as Paul is, as he's establishing churches throughout the Mediterranean, we get to Acts chapter 14 and we get to verse 19 and it says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they had won over the crowds and stoned Paul, they dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. After the disciples surrounded him, he got up and went into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Signs, wonders, miracles. They stoned him to death. He resurrects, gets up, get, goes and leaves to the next place. Persecution. Hmm, Paul, why is God allowing you to be beaten? Paul, why is God allowing you to be stoned? Peter, James, John, why is God allowing you to be persecuted? In Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 5, why are you being beaten? Because you're a Christian? I thought nobody's going to beat the bride of Christ. 
why would God allow his bride to be beaten? I know people are probably going to be mad. I understand. I get it. But I'm challenging our thinking right now. We have, we, we have this. We have to get out of this cognitive dissonance where these there's these two opposing thoughts and doctrines. We have to get it to where they they're unified. We have to get a unified understanding. We cannot have two opposing thoughts. If there's two opposing thoughts, that means something is out of joint. Something isn't harmonizing. Some something's wrong, and it's going to be our understanding. God's word it all flows together, but just because our understanding doesn't doesn't mean that. Something's wrong with God's word. It's something wrong with understanding. And we have to pursue God in prayer and in fasting and listening to those who he has helped to understand these things because somebody had to help me. I'm not the authority. The Lord is the authority. Find it right here. Line upon line, precept upon precept, principle upon principle. Here a little, there a little. The Lord helped somebody else to understand it. And then I listened to them, and then they helped me as I sought the Lord in prayer to make sure that this was accurate. Verse 21, after they had evangelized that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, to Antioch, strengthening disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and telling them, what, Paul, what are you about to tell them, bro? It is necessary to pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom. What? We got to pass through many troubles on our way. I thought we I thought the kingdom was now. Wait, wait, isn't the kingdom now? Yes, the kingdom is now. The people of the kingdom is now, but not the full manifestation of the kingdom. We're many troubles on our way into the kingdom. Mm. We need to check our theology. We need to get a bigger picture. We need to go through all the scriptures, not just the New Testament. Because Jesus says that a scribe that is trained, he's able to pull things out of old treasures and new treasures. It all has to work together. It's one complete work of God. It's not, it, we, we, yes, there's divisions in some areas, but it all works together. 23, when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. One more portion of scripture, and it's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And this is the Apostle Paul talking to his protege, uh, his disciple, his son in the gospel, somebody that he probably had baptized himself. Paul had baptized himself in Jesus' name. Uh, he references how Timothy had received the Spirit by the laying on of his hands and prophecy. And so he is encouraging. Timothy here uh, because Paul is about to finish his mission. He's about to be beheaded. Check out uh, the movie Paul, Apostle of Christ. Great movie. It, and it goes, it goes hand in hand with this. Great movie. Uh, it was, man, it's, it's, it's an eye-opener. Verse 10, it says, But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, in fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus 
will be persecuted. Some, those in Africa, Paul, those in Indonesia, Paul, those in the Middle East, Paul, those in the islands throughout the world, Paul, those in South Africa, Paul, those in Canada, Paul, in Europe, Paul, but not in America, Paul. No, it's not what he says. He says, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But here's the flip side of the coin. Here's the, the 180 of the generation. Here's the 180 of the culture, especially in the end times. Verse 13, evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know those who taught you. And you know that from childhood, you have known the sacred scriptures, the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith, through trust, through dependence in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God as, and is profitable for teaching or doctrine, for rebuking, man, for rebuking, for rebuking for correcting, so for rebuking, telling you what's wrong, for correcting, telling you how to do it the right way, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, especially those of us who are Americans, we need to really take a clear-eyed look at what we believe about persecution. And for those of us who are leaders, teachers, ministers, pastors, there's so many elders that I, I respect. But if I could beseech you, if we could look at this soberly, because the church in Revelation was persecuted. The churches in Revelation were persecuted. This is not talking about things that happened just years ago decades centuries ago but jesus himself said when you see these signs just know these are the beginning of birth pains then they will hand you over he's not talking to the jews as i said those who stick to the traditional teachings of judaism because jesus addresses them separately and in a different manner and in a different tone and he says you in that context he doesn't say in matthew 24 then they're going to persecute them he's talking to the 12 peter james john matthew bartholomew judas uh judas the zealot judas iscariot thaddeus or simon the zealot judas iscariot or judas the zealot <laughs> judas or simon the zealot uh, but the other Judas as well, not from a Creole. So let me know what your thoughts are. My, my encouragement to you is make sure you have 
taken part in all God has provided for you. Make sure you've been born again of water and spirit. Check out my videos on those. Check out my videos individually on each one, on them collectively. Check out my video on the end time. And let me know, what are your thoughts about it? What are your thoughts about Christian persecution in light of what Jesus taught, in light of what his disciples taught? And until the next one, may God bless you, lead you, and guide you. May you allow the Lord to lead you and guide you. God bless you in Jesus' name.